Four Corners returns to your TV screens tonight and the focus is on the teaching and treatment of students at four Sydney schools linked to the ultra-conservative Catholic Opus Dei group. Here's one former student, Claire Harris, who graduated in 2021. I think the schools are completely dishonest about what they are. I think a lot of the parents at the schools are actually in the dark about what is happening inside those schools. The reporter for Four Corners tonight is Louise Milligan. She joins me in the studio now. Welcome back to Breakfast. Hi, Patricia. I should say that Claire graduated back in 2001. She started up a movement of students um, and people up to 2021 came forward and gave their testimonies. Okay, so that was the time frame. Thanks for, yeah. for clarifying that. Sure. Louise, take us through these schools and the Opus Day sect that runs them. These schools are affiliated with Opus Dei, um, which is a prelature of the Catholic Church, um, but it's a very small organisation. There are only 650 members in Australia. Came out to Australia in the 1960s. It's a much more conservative form of Catholicism, very much opposed to the sort of progressive reforms that happened after Vatican II. Um, and these schools are affiliated with, with Opus Dei. Um, there are Opus Dei numeries who are teachers there. So there are people who are who live in Opus Dei study centres and are celibate members. They teach at the schools. Um, they also have chaplains there and they teach the philosophies. I mean, I guess the point about this story is what we as taxpayers accept from independent schools um, if they are teaching demonstrably provable misinformation. Should this continue to happen? And that's not just something that applies to Opus Day affiliated schools. It's something that applies to, you know, all sorts of independent schools. But this is a really fascinating case study because we have found some Pretty disturbing things being being messaging at this school, these schools. Yeah, your investigation raises pretty serious questions about what these young people are being taught and how they're treated. Here's another former student. This is Sam Green talking about the school's reaction to the cervical cancer vaccine. She launched into us and, you know, was telling us it was a terrible idea for us to go and get this vaccine. You know, it, it's, it's encouraging us to sleep around. We are going to be sluts. I raised the very valid point with her that I could get this virus from my husband, which, of course, fell on deaf ears because why would they want to see logic and reason? What do these schools say about their teachings around sexual health? They say they don't deny that they were sending letters home to parents about the HPV cervical cancer vaccine. So to put it in context, the vaccine came out in 2007 and uh, what we are being told by the students and parents, former parents, is that they were told that they were discouraged from getting the vaccine because it would lead to them being promiscuous and they were going to get married as virgins so they didn't need it. And as Sam Green points out what if their husband had had other sexual partners that they didn't know about, for instance? Um, but also, what if they didn't take the path that this school was kind of mandating for them? Um, the school says that it sent the letters up to 2020 um, when, quote-unquote, the vaccine was still relatively new. 
That was 13 years after the vaccine was introduced in Australian schools and available to all girls uh, in year seven and eight. And rolled out across the country. Exactly. The New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet attended Redfield Red, uh, College, one of the schools featured tonight. How deep are the links between these schools and state politics? The, this school community, or these schools, so Redfield is the boys' school and Tangara is the sister school and they're in the Hills District of um, Sydney in New South Wales. Um, there are other schools as well, but we're focusing on these two. They have nurtured Dominic Perrottet's political ascendancy. Uh, He was school captain at Redfield. All his siblings went to the schools. His parents are on the record as being Opus Dei supernumeraries, that is, married members of Opus Dei. Um, He is the third member of the seat of Epping to come from this school community. His finance minister, Damien Tudhope, sent all of his children, nine of them, to these schools, and he was the previous member for Epping. And before that, there was another member, Greg Smith, who was also involved in these school communities. There are other MPs, there are numerous political staffers, there are candidates. Um, for such a tiny community, remembering that, you know, Opus Day only has 650 members and n- not all of these people are Opus Day, and that's really mm. important, but they are connected to the community. It's a huge and outsized influence on New South Wales politics. There is also one Labor MLC who sent his, um, his kids there as well, but lots of old boys and old girls involved in the Liberal Party of New South Wales. The Premier has referred some of the allegations against the four schools to the New South Wales Education Standards Authority now in the wake of this this investigation. What happens now? Well, the Premier actually made that referral as soon as we sent detailed question areas um, to him about, you know, what was his knowledge of of these schools and what they were teaching or what their messaging was. Um, So that... One of the issues in in the past has been that some of these students have tried to go to the New South Wales um, Education Standards Authority and NESA, as it's known, and NESA told them, oh, well, you'll have to actually go to the schools first. And the students were like, but (laughs) the schools believe this. Mm. Like, they're not going to change anything based on a complaint from me. So it's encouraging to see that the Premier has referred it to NESA. It will be interesting to see what NESA can do. Um, and, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, for these young people, um, and as I say, we've spoken to more than 30, spanning from 2001 right up to 2021. Most of the people we've spoken to are actually newer graduates. Um, they just want young children who are at these schools now, teenagers who are at these schools now, not to suffer in the way that they did, particularly the gay students or the the gay alumni. They speak of having a really terrible time at these schools. They were told not just that, you know, their sexuality is against the teaching of the church. They were told that if they acted on their sexuality in on their account, they would burn in the fiery depths of hell for eternity. And, you know, it it's had a really, really 
terrible impact on these people. I mean, there are some of them, you know, almost every time I speak to them, they cry, you know, and that's something that we need to look into. You know, what do we as taxpayers accept from independent schools? What oversight should there be? And if they are teaching demonstrably demonstrably provable misinformation, for example, that pornography causes holes in your brain, what should we do about that? Interesting question. Louise, thank you, and uh, we'll be watching. Thank you. Thanks, Patricia. That's the ABC's investigative reporter, Louise Milligan. Her report, Purity and Education in Opus Day, is tonight at 8.30 on ABC TV, or you can stream it on ABC iView. You're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.